sun does rise Laying in the bed with bloodshot eyes Late in the evening when the sun sinks low That's about the time my rooster crows I got women up and down this creek And keep me Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Hardwood Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name is Huck Breeze. I'm joined here by the normal cast characters, Max Breeze, and the number one TJ McConnell fan, Ethan Levine. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Let's go to Ethan. Not as good as CJ McConnell. I'll tell you that. Oh, it's T. TJ McConnell. TJ. I don't care what his name is. Yeah, I hope I hope people blast you just as hard for the CJ as I get for Giannis. Yeah, um, I mean, two-time reigning MVP, absolutely backup point guard for a below five hundred team. They're very similar. I'm sure we'll be talking <laughs> about them an equal amount. Well, whatever. <laughs> I've been compared to Shaq in the last. That's that's painful, especially in his little conversation that he had, uh, you know, on NBA TNT with. Uh, with uh, what's her name? Candace Parker. Yeah, yeah Candace Parker. Like Candace Parker. Right, <laughs> and we're talking about you know Shaq, one of the best postmen of our, maybe the best postman of our, of our, uh, of our lives. I think Kyle or Carl Malone. Carl Malone is the best postman of our lives. Uh, okay. Oh, all right. Now we're right. Come on. Now we're stretching. Now Here we're stretching. we go. Um, all right, let's get into this. So what we want to start out with today is the trade. There's a trade that happened. seems like Andrew and Kyle have been involved in a few of these throughout the season. And what we have is Andrew receiving Julius Randle, Sterling Brown, uh, Jayshon uh, Tate. Um, only Julius Randle can be kept. He's kept in the sixth. Kyle receiving James Wiseman, the rookie center for the Golden State Warriors. In the fifth, P.J. Washington at eight and Terrence Ross at 11. So, Ethan, I'm going to start out with you. Tell me, are there winners? Are there losers? What do you think? So, I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, I think Andrew's the winner because Julius Randle is just having such a uh, stat-stuffing kind of season. I mean, I, he's got to be the Knicks' first all-star since – Carmelo probably 10 years ago. So um, really, really in the sixth round, a valuable keeper. Um, but in, from Kyle's perspective, I was looking through his team more and he has a lot of late round keepers already. So the idea that Julius Randle probably was one of his five best, but he has other great late round keepers. Darius Garland in the 13th round, Karis LeVert in the eighth round, you know, stuff like that. So um the idea he, he probably won't keep P.J. Washington or Terrence Ross, but the idea that he trades Randall for Wiseman and then two scrubs for Washington and Ross um, does wonders as he's kind of in that, that um, 
you know, there's it's at least right now there's a top four in the standings, and then there's I wouldn't say everybody else is on the bubble, but he's a playoff team that's not in that top four. So I, I can tell in the context of securing that playoff spot in the here and now, I think it's a really good trade, and it's not like he doesn't have keeper legs to stand on with that Randall. Right. Max, you got any opinions on this? Yeah, I, uh, so obviously I like Andrew's return and I, I generally just like what Andrew's doing, which is a lot of shuffling of his own keepers. Um, given where Andrew is in the standings, he doesn't have any playoff expectations, but he's using everything he's got at, at his disposal to make sure he's got the best five guys value wise you know, based on their round as possible going into next year. And Julius Randle in the sixth is great. Um, I know for a fact that Andrew's still shopping some other trades. He's been having some trade talks with me and we've kind of hit a wall there. Um, he's had trade talks with other people. I'm sure he won't stop our deadline. I think it's about a month away. Um, so I'm sure we'll see at least one more trade from him and a couple of others. Uh, but I also like, I, I don't want to shortchange Kyle on this deal either because i know i I love pj washington i'm the one that initially drafted him um where he was i think he's in the ninth round eighth Eighth round round. okay well Mm -hmm. so he's gonna have to choose between karis lavert and pj washington uh next year karis lavert is probably the smart money is probably on karis lavert but (laughs) pj washington is center eligible which i think makes him more valuable than people will give him credit for um, I also love the Wiseman acquisition, obviously long-term, especially now that Wiseman is starting to get healthier, he's going to start getting more minutes. Um, ultimately, I think Kyle's team got better from this trade. Same. Let me ask you this. So if I'm Kyle, I'm like, I, I definitely am keeping Wiseman in the fifth and Anthony Edwards in the ninth. Like he's clearly made an investment in the late blooming of this draft class. And I, I like that logic. He's going to definitely keep, Garland in the 13th and I mean I, I guess you could keep PJ Washington he's definitely going to keep an eighth round pick I'd imagine probably Karis LeVert then right. he's got Beal in the first DeMar DeRozan in the fourth um OG Ananobi in the 12th all could be his fifth keeper so do you guys tend I mean you don't have to say a specific name if you don't want to but do you tend to think like continue backloading your keepers like i would not keep bradley beal in that context i'd back and see what other first round picks are there i'd keep ananobi in this context and have my first four round picks available right if i were him it it really honestly depends on where you finish in my opinion and and it looks like kyle is trying to win um, and if you're trying to win, then you're going to be in the back half of the first round. And so then you have to evaluate, uh, you know, who you're taking in these first four rounds differently based on that. Because if you have an end of the first round pick, it's basically a second round pick. Uh, and if you have a, you know, a late um, first round pick, then you have an early second round pick. You just got to, you got to evaluate based on that. Um my take on this trade is is it, it's a little bit more complicated than it looks. PJ Washington is such an up and down player. I mean, uh, you know, I watched him play, and I I remember I, I talked to Max because Max was the original owner of him earlier this season about PJ Washington, and he had nothing but love for him. So I didn't think he'd let him go. Um, but a lot of PJ shining was with Cody Zeller out. 
um, and their lack of center. They played a bunch of scrubs at center. I think Bismack, Biombo, and some other people. Um, and PJ really shined, uh, you know, on the boards and whatnot at that spot. You know, they since they've spread it out, uh, you know, a little bit more with Lamelo and Rogier and uh, and Gordon Hayward. Uh, PJ takes nights off. Uh, I'm just looking at this past week. PJ had a 42 point game, uh, 42 nine and two, which is just absolutely bonkers. Followed it up with a, a 3.3 rebound, uh, two assist shit shit the bed. Uh, so, you know, I like PJ, uh, because of flexibility, small four power forward center. Um, I like where he is, uh, round wise. Um, but, uh, and uh, on the other hand, um, Julius Randall's one of those keepers that we talk about in Sabonis and, um, that just, won't ever like be let go from that spot. I don't think Julius Randle, um, at least in the next half decade, uh, is going to be moved from that sixth spot, whether it be on Andrew's team or not. Uh, that's just somebody that's a walking triple double. Um, you know, if the Knicks ever get good, uh, then you know maybe he could shine a little bit more. I just think he's a good player when he's featured on this Knicks team. Um, as far as you know, making a team better. Uh, I, I feel like Kyle got better in this sense, uh, which is the normal, you know, trade for somebody who's near the end or in last place down there in the basement with me versus somebody who's really trying to make a push in the playoffs. So um, I don't know. I, I really like what Andrew did, um, but I guess that's from the point of view of last place. So, uh, you know, if, I've done this in multiple fantasy leagues. I'm always a win now person. I'm always the guy that's in Kyle's spot. I sell people uh, who will help me in years to come for people who will help me win now. And then I throw away the trash at the end of the season. So you may, I mean, you'll probably see Terrence Ross uh, in next year's draft. You'll see Karis LeVert in next year's draft. Maybe, you you know, whatever. So um, I hope it works out for Kyle. I think that that's, you know, a fine way to spread it out. Uh, But I think Andrew definitely won that trade. What's interesting for Kyle, though, is that this puts him in a spot. You know, he's in sixth and he traded one big asset for three capable assets of varying value. Um, It puts him in a spot where he's a lot more flexible trade wise if he wants to keep going, which, you know, he's a really active like I text with Kyle about trades all the time. Um now he's got just like Ethan was saying a million different keeper options. And so let's say he goes on a four game skid uh, and like we're going right up to the deadline and he's not going to even compete for a playoff spot. He's got the room to trade and, and get as much keeper value as possible. Basically what Andrew's doing, but right there up against the deadline or he can flip it and sit there and go, okay, is there any value I could get out of Terrence Ross in the 11th is is it worth it to me to flip Wiseman in the fifth, who some might view as like an elite fifth round keeper, considering how high he was drafted and the fact that he's playing for the Warriors and it's kind of a buy low opportunity right now. Can I get one of those, you know, top 30 ish players from a team that's not competitive anymore? Are any of those guys even available? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I do think Andrew got the best player and the best keeper in the deal, but I really like the position that Kyle's in. I think he's got so much flexibility and I'm like, I, if I were to expect, like, I think he's going to make more moves from this point forward. Like, I don't think we've seen the playoff version of his roster yet or the postseason version of his roster. If he doesn't make the playoffs. Um, so I'm excited to see what he ends up doing with his. Oh, I've talked to him. I mean, yeah, he's probably not done. He's, he's reached out to me, uh, you know, trying to trade for different players of mine. Um, you know, he's always down to discuss something and move some around. Um, so yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right on that end. But, you know, after we get done with this trade here, we'll talk about uh, the upcoming All-Star Weekend. Um, I will say this uh, first about All-Star Weekend, and I will stand by the statement that Basketball All-Star Weekend is the low point for sports throughout the season. And we're not talking about COVID. We're talking about um, the three, the big three major sports, baseball, football, basketball, all off. Um and there's no March Madness going on until about two weeks after. Um, you also have to go through the dreadful two or three days of not having basketball, just kind of a you know free for all, uh, where there's nothing there. So it is a very uh, you know deserted stretch of no sports. Um, and what we're talking about is is the All Star Game, the actual game itself. And the weekend and all the festivities, is it worse than when we were younger or are we just cranky curmudgeons? Uh, so, Max, what do you think about uh, All-Star Weekend? Has it changed any from, from what you remember it was? Yeah, I even in a time devoid of sports, I don't have plans on watching any of it. I, I think it sucks. Um, right. Like, I liked the new format when they talked about it. You know, I, I, I thought it might get a little chippy, but really it's just a, it's similar to the NFL Pro Bowl in that nobody plays any defense. It's just them lobbing up alley-oops and, and having fun with it and not actually trying to win the game, it seems like. And the dunk contest, which was the number one thing, number one reason to watch, you know, the remembering all the crazy dunks that Vince Carter did, uh zach levine had a couple of huge years there dwight howard had a couple of huge years and now this year it's three guys that you know are are rookies or players i've never heard of or you know like i'd like to see zach levine in the dunk contest i'd like to see somebody who's an all-star like a real name um i'm a i'm an avid gambler i would love to have somebody from my fantasy team where i go oh yeah i'm putting money on them to win the three-point or the dunk contest i don't even know if there is a three-point contest this year so there is it it might just maybe it's maybe it's covid year it being down but i couldn't tell you who won the dunk contest last year um i i just yeah it's i'm not interested in it i think the uh, i agree with uh, lebron a little bit in that it probably shouldn't even be happening i understand they're going to make money on it so it's going to happen but seven new players uh tested positive in the nba for covid today so this seems like a needless, meaningless, just shameless way of the NBA getting some TV money whenever it should probably be a little bit more cautious. It's something they would that, I mean, you're bringing players together from a lot of different NBA teams. You know, normally it's two teams competing. So contact tracing would rarely span at the worst beyond two teams. Most and they play back to back usually a lot. 
<clears throat> yes, exactly. And so that there's also that risk of like, you know, half of the league's teams will be represented at this event. So if it becomes some sort of super spreader event, then yeah, that's going to be a detriment to the entire league starting the second half. Right. It's a televised super spreader event that'll probably get the lowest ratings of any all-star weekend over the last 10 years. So good job, NBA. Listen, I, I can understand traditions and I can understand that you want to get it in. Uh, you know, basketball has kind of been a beacon of hope for uh, people uh, beyond football. I mean, there we are. Every, people are getting vaccines. Um, we are starting to hopefully see the beginning of the end when it when it comes to COVID. Um, so a lot of people still have hope that this is going to go okay and that people aren't going to contract some you know super spreader COVID you know concoction that we have going on here. But uh, I, I think that what I really have concern with um, is the content that they're putting forward. Uh, the people, the all-stars are going to be there. If you're an all-star for the most part, you're going to be there as long as you don't have COVID and you've, you know, agreed to, to uh, participate. And the dunk contest in itself. Um, now, I, again, I don't know if, if there's some stuff going on behind the scenes, whether uh, everybody said no. For, for whatever reason, if you're going to be at the All-Star game, you're going to participate in the All-Star game, then, you know, yeah, might as well do the dunk contest. I don't know if there's like an injury risk. I don't know if ever, anybody's ever uh, blown out a knee or, you know, tore an ACL or uh, gotten hurt in the dunk contest. Um, but what we're, who we're feeling this year is Obi Toppin, uh, Derek Jones Jr., I believe, and Cassius Stanley. Uh, and prior to this, I had asked both Max and Ethan if they knew what team um, Cassius Stanley played for, and they did not. And I guarantee if you're listening to this now, chances are you probably don't know either, but he is a rookie for the Pacers who has averaged three minutes a game uh, throughout the year and uh, really hasn't seen the light of the day in the NBA, but we're going to bring him in to try to, uh, you know, gather crowds for a dunk contest. This is coming from the days of, you know, this isn't even my childhood. Uh, this is like 10 years ago. Um, Blake Griffin dunking over a Kia. Dwight Howard in a Superman jersey uh, dunking on like a super raised basketball goal. Um, Spud Webb doing his thing and, and, making some crazy dunks from the free throw line. Uh, you know, it's they, there's been some really memorable moments. I mean, Vince Carter, I believe put his elbow in the, in the hoop. Um, I believe that was a dunk contest. Vince Carter did a lot of things. Even yeah. Aaron Gordon. We just talked about Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, uh, you know, doing some, some crazy dunks in the past few years. So I think, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know why they're doing it. I'm sure everybody knows I think that I know what it is, if I may. Sure. Go ahead. It's, it's from, and obviously I'm taking like just two ends of a large span of time. So I'll go back and elaborate, but I like, I think it's like YouTube and stuff like that. Like we, when I was a kid in like 2001, I could see and one mixtape tour on cable, but like in 1986, when Spud Webb wins the dunk contest, 
It's like, okay, basketball was on TV like once a week. Like yeah. the infancy of cable, not a lot of the, the common man had necessarily cable in the mid 80s. And so All-Star Saturday night, All-Star weekend was a huge spectacle. The, in the oldest days of all sports, All-Star games stem from games not being on TV and having a spectacle where fans can get, a, it, you know, stars from these teams can get exposure on a national platform. So in the 80s, it was still filling that role. Now, if unless like LeBron and Zion are going to do it, I don't give a shit, no matter what the NBA does. But I still love All-Star Saturday Night for everything besides the dunk contest. If I want to see cool dunks, I'll go on YouTube. The yeah. spectacle of NBA dunking is their ability is the dunks that they do in game and like the Anthony Edwards dunk, like that's an NBA dunk. Dunk contest dunks are things that sadly, like I mean, they're still hard as shit. Don't get me wrong, but it's like there's a lot more people that can do dunk contest dunks than can play in the NBA. So, True, I, I but I 100 percent disagree with you. To me, I want to see them evolve the three point contest. I want to see Steph versus Lillard from the logo. Uh, you know what I mean? I want to see a four-point arc contest between Steph and Clay and Dame and whatever you want to throw out there. I want to see, you know, expanded skills challenge. Like, make that a bigger course. Have it be a changing course with each round. Like, there are events where you can see players do dazzling things, and the stars consistently do volunteer to participate. But if Zion and LeBron are not going to do the dunk contest, then I'll just see some cool dude on Twitter throw it off of the gym wall and put it between his legs twice and dunk it because there's 10 to one guys that can do that. than guys that can hit from as deep as Steph does at a percent. Nah, man, I, I, I would totally, there's, there's a number of people I would love to see in the dunk contest. It would be fun to see uh, Giannis. It would be fun to see Luca. It would be fun yeah, to see yeah. superstar you know, caliber. That's yeah. I listed two guys, but I meant a tier of players. Aaron Gordon's a good player, but to your point, he doesn't get a nickname. He doesn't get star credibility in the as a dunk contest guy. But even right. even Anthony Edwards or Aaron Gordon or some kind of name. I mean, we're talking about Obi Toppin. I know he was a top ten pick for the Knicks, but has really, really, honestly played a minor, minor role for the Knicks this season. I mean, it's not like he is, you know, blowing up the league and we're like talking about him. I mean, he's but that's been. These guys are great gym dunkers. Obi Toppin in college is an insane dunker on fast breaks. In-game, 360s on fast breaks, off the backboard to himself on fast breaks. I mean, just an insane dunker. Derek Jones Jr., insane dunker. So if no one that actually plays, to your point, is going to do it, I can see any of these scrubs or guys worse than them with a similar vertical do it on YouTube. Okay. I mean, I will say the difference between YouTube and the actual – and and the dunk contest is there is so much creativity. I mean, there's a million different ways we've all done like some version of a dunk contest in the driveway or something. There's a million different things that you can do. Um, and, and that's what I tune in to see Blake Griffin pulling in a Kia and jumping over the Kia is corny. It's cheesy. It was awesome. It took 20 minutes. See, I disagree. Whatever. Close the whole thing down. It took 20 minutes. You know, I can, again, I can see somebody jump over a car in a parking lot and dunk. A lot more people can do that than can do the craziest things that NBA players can do. You've seen the video of Kobe jumping over that pool? Yeah, is, uh, but I never knew if that was real or fake. 
I don't care. I've watched it like oh, 10,000 no. times. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is I might tune in if I knew there's going to be some kind of spectacle. But here's how I tell you it's going to go. Opie Toppin's going to, you know, do something where he bounces it off the backboard and dunks behind his head. It's something probably pretty cool. And they're all not... going to give him tens. And like they, it's and... going to be tens across the board. And then, yeah, and some, like, a bunch of people are going to jump up off the bench to, you know, oh, my God, that just happened. Uh, but, but no, I, I, I just think that they're really, this is, it's sad to see, you know, if they're going to be there and they're going to interact with each other and we're going to go through this COVID, uh, you know, NBA all-star weekend, super spreader event, make, let's get some good players in here. Let's, let's make it worth watching but, or, uh, or do something weird, you know, like this year's three point contest bowl bowl is going to stand in front and he's allowed to goaltend. So you better get an arc on that bad yeah. boy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like just to do something weird with it or invite a bunch of like fucking YouTube dunkers to dunk against pros. If, if I'm going to, I'm yeah. not going to lie. The, the dunk contest and the three point contest are, if real stars were in it to me, that's like a UFC fight that I want to watch with a bunch of my friends at a bar. I'd actually be more interested in it than that because it'd be like, you know, we're sitting there acting like we're judges. I also liked what D Wade said about don't give everybody tens. Don't give anybody tens. There's no such thing as a 10 in these contests. Take it seriously. Um, They don't take it seriously because I believe there was a controversy last year. Yeah. It's some that he gave it to a heat player. It might have been Derek yeah, Jones Jr. They should have gone into another overtime of this sudden death dunk off, and Wade gave a nine, and when he should have given a ten, and the, yeah, so the I think the Heat player was Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, it was Derek Jones Jr. and uh, Dwayne Wade gave him a ten when it obviously wasn't a ten, something like Maybe that. And something. and the real winner, I think, was it Aaron Gordon. It, it was somebody like that, where they it was like an obvious winner, and Dwayne Wade was like. 10 Derek Jones you're on we're on the same team and yeah. he won um anyway we spent a lot of time on this we spent too much time hope you guys are in for the long haul because we got a couple more things to do um all right so hardwood dynasty fantasy all-stars what we're going to do here is we're going to have a uh four round snake draft of what we think um are the 12 best players uh in fancy for fancy, um, not as far as like keeper round or whatever. We're talking about the best players in fancy this year. Snake draft starting with Max, going all the way Ethan and back back around, um, and we'll see who has the best team. Um, maybe we can vote on it later. But Max, uh, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. I'm absolutely okay. ready. All right, I'll go ahead and start you out. Go ahead with the first pick. Uh, with my first overall pick, I will take Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. Really? Um, okay. He has... I, I know that there are other obvious picks, um, but the fact of the matter is the dude puts up insane stat lines on a very regular basis. You know, averaging a steal per game, averaging more than half a block per game, and unlike some other players that are putting up those kind of stats, he's... Averaging close to three three pointers made every game and shooting forty two percent while he does it, 
You know what I mean? Like his field goal percentage isn't that of a normal center because he shoots so many threes. This guy fills it up from a points, rebounds, assists perspective, but also gives you those threes and shoots them at a good clip. He doesn't hurt you like a lot of other big men that can shoot do. Um, so especially I, I know his round doesn't matter, but the fact that, you know, He's to me a top three overall fantasy player, not drafted in the first round, keepable outside of the first round. Um, right now, he's my fantasy MVP, so that would be my number one overall pick. Okay, that's interesting. I was I was shocked by that, but you're right. Looking at everyone's three point makes per game, every every player that's that's over two and a half is a guard except for him at the top. Like right. all the like Jokic shoots a. 42% from three, but he only shoots about four threes a game. And and Vooch shoots about seven. So Right. Vooch Vooch makes more threes per game than Bradley Beal does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Alpha on his team. Vooch well, they both are, but it may be right. But the magic have been a disaster season. Obviously, they've lost Fultz. But it's not about winning. I know it's not about winning, but it's also about the magic points per game is very low. And when the magic points per game uh, as a team, very low, then you're not getting certain things like maybe assists uh, that maybe my pick, uh, Jokic, uh, can do a little bit better. I think that uh, you're correct in that uh, you know Vucevic is getting a lot more uh, threes. He's shooting it from the outside. Uh, but my guy, Jokic, he shoots, uh, you know, he averages uh, three and a half a game. Uh, shooting 417 from from three point, which is not too shabby, if I do, I do say so myself. Um, averaging 27 points, 11 boards, 8.6 assists, so just a 1.4 uh, assists short of a triple double every single game. He's averaging that. Um, yeah, and he also has that power forward eligibility, which makes him you know a little bit more de- dangerous. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Jokic. What do you think, Ethan? Well, Jokic is who I was going to take if, God forbid, he fell again. So <laughs> that's my endorsement of the pick. Um, yeah. I get to go twice in a row now. So um, I, I don't make these in any particular order. I No, they I, have to be in order, Ethan. Okay, yeah. fine. Then yes. the guy I would I would demonstratively take first out of these two is Steph Curry. Um, Chef Curry is cooking, um, which he and Russell Wilson are the only athletes that we use cook to describe, right? I don't know of anybody else who were like when they're on their A game, we're like, that dude's cooking. I digress. Uh, Steph I is cooking. So. And he, I mean, he, you, he is just somebody who obviously is going to contribute to your counting stats. I mean, if you, um, around and he's averaging 35 or 30 points, five rebounds, six assists a game, more than a steal a game. But obviously that all comes with somebody who's going to elevate your shooting percentages a tremendous amount. I mean, he's shooting 48% on 20 shot attempts a game. So he's going to elevate, you know, that's going to lift the mean for your whole team shoots 94% at the stripe. He shoots 41% from three point range. Again, shooting 12 threes a game. He's going to buoy, you know, um, so he's shooting those high percentages over a lot of attempts and that's going to buoy your whole team's shooting percentages. So, um, I'm a big Steph guy. Um, with my next pick, um, I will take James Harden. 
He mm-hmm. is, he went over to Brooklyn. He is now leading the NBA in assists. Brooklyn is on pace to finish with the best offensive rating in league history by such a wide margin. I, their offense right now relative to league history is is a wider gap than like the 07 Patriots or like the recent Chiefs. Like what the Nets are doing on offense in a historical context compared to regular season historical context is insane. And James Harden is falling right in on that with better efficiency numbers in terms of shooting percentages. And again, leading the league in assists. So um, I'm going to lock him up as well and um, try and figure out big men with my next two picks. Okay. Uh, Well, let's just say on normal nights and a DFS roster, if you're looking at prices for individual players, uh, number one is probably Jokic on a on a on a, a normal night, uh, and number two is most likely Luka Doncic. So I'm gonna go Doncic. with Luka. Whatever Doncic. That's what I was gonna pick next, and that's uh, so yeah. A second round. Say Luka his name Don- right. Second round Luka Doncic. Uh, that's that's a pretty hot deal, I think. Um, he scores at an incredible rate. Again, another walking triple-double. Um, I'm not hating on Steph at all, um, but out of all the players that we've picked thus far, uh, the one that's least likely to score a triple-double is definitely Steph Curry. I agree with the field goal percentage and the three-pointers and other categories that he's carrying, um, but he's just not as involved in the in the rebounds and assists categories as maybe the others but yeah i'm gonna go with luca what do you think max you got two god i i can't wait to see luca in a well-functioning offense like on, on a team that has a little bit more support than he currently does it's it's so i know he's got some injury problems but it's just really sad to to see how well he's performing and how poor the team is doing by contrast um my next pick is going to be dame lillard Averaging almost 30 points per game, making over four three-pointers per game, averaging over eight assists. Damon Lillard is putting up insane stats as usual this year. Um, it's He's somebody that you can count on for 20-plus every single night. You know, you can bet on him getting 10-plus assists and be right 60% of the time. You know, like he's a set-it-and-forget-it ace point guard. Um after that, my next pick would be Joel Embiid. So, and, and you know, it's, it's funny. I saw Ethan didn't pick any big men with his first two. And I think those elite big men come at such a premium because of how sharp the fall off is. You know, like once you get past those top 10 big men, the comparison between the fourth best center and the 15th best center in comparison to, you know, guards or forwards, even specific point guards or small forwards or anything like if we're filtering it by position, it's just so steep and guys like MB Vucevic, uh, Jokic, uh, Carl Anthony towns are a cut above those second, third and fourth tiers. Um, so yeah, it's, the Embiid is a no brainer for me here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. League in real life. Yeah. Today. Right. 
Okay, this is this is tough. Um, in my mind, right or wrong, um, I like for my players to be triple double threats. I know I've talked about this a lot. Um, I like for them to every night be like somebody that has good triple double odds. It just means they're more involved in the game and you can count on them on a daily basis a little bit more. And if somehow they have a bad shooting night, they can still pick it up, rebounds, assists, etc. cetera. Uh, so I'm going to go with LeBron uh, with my pick. I do uh, love LeBron. Yeah. Uh, he's averaging 25.8, 8 and 7, uh, or 8 and 8. So uh, he's pretty close to that triple double uh and he's also shooting 509 with same two shabby uh yeah with the three i mean i you tell me max i i remember lebron having small forward only eligibility um has he gained that point guard shooting guard eligibility since he's been with the lakers uh so last season he was small forward power forward eligible and uh, partway through the season, he got point guard eligibility. And so he's point guard, small forward eligible. And I think the shooting guard was just added this season. And let me tell you, I love it. I think they yep. need to give him center eligibility. Just throwing it out there. Right. Well, yep, that's my pick. So go ahead, Ethan. All right. I will take a guy who uh, I actually think has set a bar so high for himself and, and his team's play in the regular season that he's actually not flying under the radar and certainly recent national TV performances don't back up this under the radar narrative, but um, Giannis, as opposed to his evil alter ego, Giannis. Ooh, don't talk about that guy. <laughs> um, but I... And, you know, I took two guards early. It's not like these are, we're going to pit these foursomes up against one another in competition, but in the idea. No, these are our teams. We might. By Mount Rushmore of the first half. Um, you know, he's sixth in the league in scoring. He's also averaging about 12 rebounds, six assists a game, shooting 56% from the field. Um, he does not shoot well from three. He shoots about. 28% from three on four attempts a game. Um, so, you know, that was, you know, last year before the um, virus shut down the season, I think the narrative was he was becoming more dangerous from three. And what was that going to mean to, um, what was that going to mean for Milwaukee in the playoffs? And now that seems to kind of have faded off at least this season in a vacuum, but um, I need his counting stats. And that's why I went after somebody like a Steph to buoy my percentages. So, I am going to add Giannis. Um, and then with my last pick, uh, I oof, I think I am going to take um, – fuck it. I'm going to take Kevin Durant. I, I think, again, what Brooklyn is doing offensively, I know Kevin Durant is not – healthy right now but what brooklyn is doing offensively is insane record setting so um the idea of him of having him and harding gets a large stake of um their counting stats and he's somebody who he's not a walking triple double but with his 
Um, 29 points a game still comes seven rebounds, five assists. So it's not like he is um, a Brad Beal. Who's a 33, five and five. Who's the other guy I was thinking about. Um, or a Zach Levine, who's a 28 and a half points a game, five and five. Um, yeah, he's good. A little bit more. He obviously is about seven feet tall. So on a good night, he could very realistically get 10 rebounds. So I like Durant as my fourth. Okay. I'm going to go with a dude who I probably uh, shouldn't uh, out of my stubborn nature, but I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, I love this guy. Yeah, I think that uh, Kawhi has impressed with his lack of, uh, uh, you know, feminism uh, playing on back to backs, he's, he's he hasn't missed much time. Missed much time. Your um, feminism—that's that's the that's the direction you're going with that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, hey, what? In playing, this, it's playing, 2021, Huck. Uh, okay, but th- that's fine. If you need some rest, that's okay. I mean, what? I'm not trying to offend. I'm just saying, uh, he would not get on the court. And I, I, if it's wrong to say you're acting like a girl. You know, whatever. I'm tweeting okay. at why did you pick Kawhi? Why did you pick Kawhi? He's playing more games, and he's playing 35 minutes a game. Right. Yeah, I I picked him because well, Andy's Andy's that putting reason. up good stats. He's yeah, he's playing good. He's playing well, and he's not getting rested. And that was the knock on. That was my knock on Kawhi that he started doing that. I'm not going to get started on that because this will be a three hour podcast. Um, but that he. Didn't play in back-to-backs. He seemingly, as a young player in his mid-20s, needed rest. Uh, you know, I can understand these big guys, these Joel Embiid's. Uh, you know, you need to rest them on their feet. They, they can't uh, take that much weight. Um, and, you know, they have problems. Kawhi, uh, as a young guy, in, in the style of play that he plays, uh, he, I don't think he needs that kind of rest he doesn't get banged up all that much and so um it's nice to see him come out and you know actually be a leader for this team uh and and play with paul george and and the clippers are going to be hard out when it comes to the playoffs and i think Kawhi leonard's a big part of that last pick all right last pick i am gonna take the obvious pick and take brad beal um He's, I mean, he's averaging 33 points a game. He still gets a handful of assists and rebounds. He's a thief, um, averaging 1.4 steals a game. And what he's doing on a, let's say, developing Wizards team, uh, helping them get wins when they have Westbrook on the court, who seems like a superstar and may have been a superstar for years, but now like an actual on-court value um, might be more detrimental to the team than he is helping. I think, yeah, uh, I think he brings more of a high energy motivating young guys through development benefit than any actual basketball playing development. Or, right. Yeah. Right. He'll fill up the stat sheet. Um, but on a percentage from a percentage standpoint, he might hurt the team more than he helps them, but still, I mean, it, Beal is clearly shining this. I think there was a point in time where, you know, when they were a little bit younger, John Wall was the star of the team and Beal was the one B to his one A. And Beal is clearly showing this season and he obviously showed it last season too. Um, 
you know, the little season we had, he's capable of being a one a somewhere, you know, like he's, or at least, you know, uh, if there are two alphas on the team, like you look at, uh, you look at the nets and you want to say, okay, who's, who is it? Is it James Harden? Is it uh, Kevin Durant? Like he's capable of being one of those type of stars rather than somebody supplementary. That's just there to score a few baskets. Um, Dude's an absolute stud. So He's my pick, and I think I have the best team out of all of us. Let's review. Huck, do you want to read them? Sure. Max has Vucevic, uh, Lillard, Embiid, and Bradley Beal. Huck has uh, Jokic, Doncic, James, and Kawhi Leonard, and Ethan, Stephon Curry, uh, James Harden, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. His full name is not Stephon. Listen, I think he's the character from Saturday Night Live. I have names. This is what I call people. That it's not a problem. I'm, I can say what you know. This seems to be a theme. Like, don't attack me. I, I know who this person is. <laughs> I don't know that you do. Okay, it's all right. Like we... Del Curry. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Listen, okay. Did you see a little theme going on with this draft that we have? Any theme at all? Do you see anything? Uh, Huck is is big on positionless players, which I really like. Which is not to say like Luca, LeBron don't take like defined point forward roles with their teams, but in which is to you know he's got guys that I mean Jokic does what he does on defense, but uh, who the other guys I mean who can pretty much switch one through five, who can get a triple double any night. I went, I tried to get extremes, guys who get who ha- are extreme benefits in certain categories and then just have all the categories covered by my four guys. Max, I feel like took some of that latter approach. Honestly, I'm, I'm shocked that Giannis went all the way to the third round. I think his shooting percentages hurt him a little too much. Um, otherwise, because generally, I mean, hell two years ago, or even at the start of this year, Giannis is number one overall pick, right? Yeah. It's Giannis. Or Jokic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, things change from year to year, but, but yes, you're absolutely right. Um, my, the theme that I wanted to talk about was out of all these players, one player is not on a playoff team. Bradley Beal. Nope. Not on a playoff fantasy playoff team. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Joel Embiid is on Ethan's My team. team. Yeah. Right was, now. Otherwise these are all stacked. Mostly I think besides Luca, uh, in the top five or six teams. Yeah. Um, tells you the state of the league and where the talent is i mean you know not all these people will be kept i know lillard probably won't be kept um and why won't be kept yeah so Kawhi won't be kept so yes there will be some people out there uh but yeah it's there's definitely some work to do for the people at the bottom and and we're trying to make it happen um but let's let's try to get in these week 11 matchups uh, before people fall asleep uh, we'll start out with Chase, Chase's neat team FC 73, 36 and one versus Thunder from down under 67, 40 and three. This is a good matchup, Max. Uh, what do you think of this one? You know, it's interesting that uh, we've got two weeks here. So Chase has got the early lead. Um, he's leading in field goals made. Who saw that coming? But he's also has twice as many turnovers as Paul currently does. Paul needs to catch up on games played. That's it. 
I, I still think Paul's team is the best in the league, even over chases. Um, and I think he comes back and wins this this week. I don't think he's going to end up winning uh, field goals made in points. And I think he's got a shot at the rest of them. You know, I think his team just is that dominant. Um, give me Paul like six to five. Ethan. I honestly think two of the biggest players in this game, one from each side, um, and I'll give a prediction that kind of ties back to this, are on Chase's team, Mike Conley, and on Paul's team, Chris Middleton. They could both still get added as injury replacements in the All-Star game. As of recording this on Wednesday night, they haven't. Uh, and I feel like those are two of the the biggest all-star snubs though. Somebody has to get snubbed, but um, I, I think those are two of the biggest all-star snubs. So I'm especially interested to see what they do. Um, those two players do over this next two week stretch in sort of a prove you wrong mode. Um, with that in mind, I think um, I like Chase's team for more than just because I think Mike Conley's got something to prove as probably the best, still the best veteran in the league to never make an all-star team. Um, but I think he is, um, I think he is also somebody who will benefit maybe from the rest as much as the chip on his shoulder during this um, time off. And I think he's going to come back and play at a toward pace. Terry Rozier also doesn't have to go through the all-star weekend nonsense. He'll keep up a toward pace. Meanwhile, a lot of Paul's best players are either injured or going to be at the all-star game, which is to say he's got a loaded fucking team. But I could see that um, creating some uncharacteristically different numbers for some of his best players, um, given the weird all-star break and how many all-stars he actually has on his roster. So um, give me Chase's neat team. Okay. I'm going to take Chase's as well. Um, I'm going to disagree with Max. I'm going to say Chase probably has the best team at this point um just looking at chase's like backup team that he's going on right here so tonight he doesn't have durant doesn't have beasley doesn't have uh Giannis, doesn't have uh barrett uh and the team still looks like a t like it's better than mine um well i mean it's not very hard but i'm just saying uh it's a dangerous team whether he has his backups in or his starters uh, you know, Rogier went 29-3-3-3 tonight, um, and this is not one of his keepers. It's not one of his top guys. Uh, so no matter, you know, how you're facing Chase's team, if they're at all healthy, um, it's going to be a struggle. And you're going to, even for somebody like uh, uh, like Paul, who has a, a pretty good pedigree of a team, um, yeah, I'm going to go Chase. I think if the score stays just how it is, I think, you know, uh, Thunder from down under with the less shots taken will win field goal percentage uh, and turnovers. Uh, and in the end, it'll probably be seven to four chase. Um, but let's move on to the next uh, set of games here. Rumham slam 60, 49 and one against Uniballers 51, 55 and four. Ethan, what do you think of this one? So right now, the fighting John Crux are up 6-5 over Rumham. Um, and I think it'll probably finish that way one way or another. I'm going to pick Trevor to win 
because I really, as someone battling with Luke for the eight seed, I could really use Trevor to win. But um, I, you know, a lot of the same um, logic as before. I'm looking at who these teams' best players are that are not in the All Star game for, in part, maybe a chip on their shoulder, but really also rest and maybe the ease of of ramping it up high this week and ramping it up high to hit the ground running next week. So um, Uniballers does have fewer all-stars. I think they're, they're not that far apart in talent and Uniballers has fewer all-stars, which I think weirdly could be of benefit to Luke. Like Michael Porter Jr. is somebody I'm looking at. Jared Allen is somebody I'm looking at. Um, I could end up being proved. I mean, Towns and Vucevic, we just went through our fantasy draft. So we don't need to belabor that point, but those are two guys who I'm again, I'm like, I think they are awesome fucking players. They're going to get Trevor into the playoffs and then some, but uh, I could see um, it being a weird week with the all-star break and two. And for what it's worth, they're both in the fourth quarter right now. And they are, Oh no, I was looking at rebounds as if they're points. <laughs> they have 40 combined points, not 20, but they are so I'm an idiot, but I still pick Luke. I need you to be Trevor, dude. Uh, I don't know how you see these two teams as close in talent. They're not even in the same ballpark. I think Trevor's team has just gobs more. Um, you know, Vucevic was picked first overall. And while I don't agree with that, I do think that um, Vucevic is a great player, and I think it, um, he's been playing above his his level uh, and, and towns, he's got towns back and healthy. I told you when towns comes back and is healthy, Trevor's team's one of the best in the league. And I still stand by that. Uh, if you play this, what's going to happen in this two week span, uh, even with the all-star break is just over time. It's going to be hard for these underdog teams to really sneak out um, a win against these guys, unless they're playing somebody who's hampered by injuries, because anybody who is a little bit injured, a little bit banged up is going to come back uh, after the all-star break and then play. They're going to get that rest and they're going to, uh, you know, be ready to roll after the all-star break and down the stretch. You know what I'm saying? So I think that Rumham slam just has a better team overall. And I think it's going to show it already is kind of showing, um, and he's going to come back and win this one. I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be 8-3. Rumham over Uniballers. Max, tell me about it. I want to say it's going to be close. Um, Trevor's going to win. It, it just it sucks for Luke. Man, he's got his best two players are injured in Anthony Davis and McCollum. And Trevor's getting, I mean, Trevor's studs are just so much better than any of the players that are playing for Luke's team. You know, like he's already got 48 points out of Jamal Murray, 56 points, 21 rebounds out of Vucevic, 53 points, 10 rebounds out of Oladipo. And that's Carl Anthony Towns is playing, what, his first game tonight? Uh, is it tonight? And he's got 16 points, 14 no, rebounds. Carl Towns has been back. Yeah, no, 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 but, but in this matchup. Um, yeah. Oh, I understand. First, yeah, yeah, first yeah. game of this matchup, he's got 16 points because I'm looking at the weekly and it's showing 16 and 14. That's just tonight. So it, Luke just doesn't have the guys to compete with that. But I'd like to call out just some of the guys that Luke is getting the bulk of his points from. Like Luke got 31 points and five three-pointers made so far from Malik Monk. Um, I mean, it, 
has anybody in the league gotten that much from Malik Monk so far this yeah, year? He's freaky. I mean, I, he was on my roster for a little bit. I'm sure he'll be on more rosters after Luke's even, but he's, I mean, you know, he averages four or 13 points a game, but he scored 19 plus in six of his last seven or five of his last six. He's relying heavily on the Nuggets bench with Monty Morris and Will Barton. Um, he's getting points numbers out of Jacob Pirtle uh, for the Spurs. Like I, I love it. He's he's hanging in there. He's making moves to stay in the fight, and I think it stays closer. I, I could see Trevor taking the seven four six to five. Um, Luke's up right now. That's not going to hold. It, it just sample size is going to get him if nothing else does over the course of two weeks. Yep. Um, so, but still, I, I like to see, uh, like to see at least the fight that Luke's putting in with his moves and the the players that he's using. It's just Trevor's got the star power. It's an inspiration. I mean, uh, Uniballers is showing that you can compete with a team with Baysmore and O'Neal, Royce O'Neal, and you know, uh, Roby and whatever. I mean, this team is it, kind of in tatters right now. So. And he's keeping up. I mean, good for him. It's just not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough now. Uh, I believe Monster, Monster Jams. Monster Jams, 57, 50, and 3 versus Kevin Ware's knee, 35, 73, and 2. Uh, real quick before I start dive into this, uh, Aaron Gordon was let go. Um, Kevin Ware's knee is not going to listen to this. He does not care. Uh, it, it makes me think that he doesn't know how to play fantasy basketball or doesn't know uh, the technicalities of how to use the injured list spots well, at but the he, very he, least. Listen, this is why I'm confused. He's using the injured list for D'Angelo Russell and like a ghost didn't drop Aaron Gordon. So like he was in the app and saw his team and he knows how to use the injured list. And he still has Hassan Whiteside and DeLon Wright in the starting lineup who are both injured. He still has Andre Drummond on his bench who's out and could be moved into an IL plus, which maybe he doesn't know about the IL plus who knows, but uh, yeah, it was like, I don't think Aaron Gordon is that good a fantasy asset, but the, there was just, it was so avoidable. He could make any move he would have wanted to make anyway without dropping him in that context. It's, it's a, in the group text, it's a real puzzle. This is what drives me crazy about it. Okay, he drops Aaron Gordon instead of moving him to the IL. He still has Hassan Whiteside injured, not in the IL. DeLon Wright injured, probably doesn't even need to be on his IL. Drop him. Drop him. He's, he's not worth rostering. And he picks up Matisse Thibel, who, who played tonight, and doesn't put him in. Yeah. He doesn't put him in. There's room on his roster. It, he, all he has to do is shift Hassan Whiteside to the center, put Matisse Thibel in the utility spot. He dropped Aaron Gordon, picked up a guy, and just didn't. He's like, all right, I've put in a hard day's work today on this fantasy basketball it, it team. Totally... It's so bizarre. So, hey, it's either it's one of two things. It's This isn't a, a complicated issue. It's either apathy. He either does not give a shit about uh, this fantasy basketball league and uh, everybody involved in it, or uh, he's naive. He has no idea how to do this, and and nobody's really sat him down to explain last it. Year too, though. Right. So maybe he just doesn't know, and somebody needs to sit him down. And I mean, the thing is, he's not going to lose any money this season, so it's not really something he needs to concentrate on. But going forward, well, no, I mean, um, I don't. I Stafford, if God forbid you listen to this. 
you're a really nice dude. When Dallas opens back up, let's go have a beer or 10 at Milo's. I wish you the best of luck as quarterback for the Rams. But, I mean, Stafford's probably not going to be back in the league next year. Okay. I mean, it, it, that was a little bit of what I was looking for. But uh, Berwick, before... who I know won't listen to this, won't be back in the league. Now. That was a mistake. I think both of us knew he wasn't going to have time. Like, jokes aside about tax season. I think we both knew he wasn't going to have time during tax season, but that he just, like, really wanted to be in this league together. And we're in denial. And I don't that won't be contentious either, but he won't be back next year. I, Matt Stafford's roster makes me so mad. It it makes me like, I met him in person. He's a nice guy. He's a bad man. We should go find this man and and be mean to him, to his face and tell him he's a bad man because it upsets me. I don't like it. It's such a good roster. It has, it's Donovan Mitchell is fucking, but Trey young to jokes aside, Huck, like you, that, trade your team is screwed for so many reasons that are just really bad luck but trey young since that trade has been awesome yeah and Stafford, it's a waste with stafford i'd still be in last place if that probably because again and he's he's in 13 so it's yeah. not <laughs> this is this is where you know that's that's that doesn't keep me up at night i'll just say that but we'll, we'll get back to this matchup um kyle's gonna win kyle's putting forth good effort kyle's a better team Get him, Kyle. Um, good time to try out his new dudes. Uh, get get uh, uh, Ross in there. Uh, you know, use Wiseman as a healthy person. Uh, PJ Washington, spread out that roster. Um, you know, really, really get it uh, get it going. But yeah, it looks good, and and I think uh, the moves he's made is definitely going to help him this week and and going forward. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him at a nine two. Nice. So next up, uh, who who had uh, Max? What do you think? Get him, get him, Kyle. That's what I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm gonna say ten one. Uh, I I beat him ten one last week. Kyle can do the same. He's getting twenty eight points, five rebounds, four assists, and a steal from Terrence Ross tonight. Getting it. You know, 16 points, nine rebounds from P.J. Washington. Also has three assists, two steals, and a block. Um, love the pickup of Nickety Clickety Claxman, who, Claxton, not Claxman, but he had 16 points, eight rebounds tonight. Just a random guy picked up off the wire, um, shot seven of eight tonight. I mean, it, it's his team looks good. Um, and his future looks good. Like I, I know we, I don't want to talk any more about his keeper situation than we need to, but, uh, he's, he's going to get a dub this week. Um, he's, he might be moving up in the standings considering, you know, I'm facing Luca, my balls, which is one of the, it's the better of the two for Tata teams. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, go, go get him. Uh, Kyle's going to win 10, one this week. I'm, I'm calling it. Yeah, I, I like Kyle's team as well. It's funny, you just it's like you just read right down my bullet notes. I was going to say the two guys he got back in the Randall trade and Wiseman hasn't tipped off tonight as of recording this um, are already dominating. He made an ad today who's already paying off. Like he's managing his team at a grade A level and is doing it against somebody who is none the wiser and will probably inevitably fall behind Huck into last place. So um Kyle, good on you. But also, I guess um, this is a stack game. Like, you know, you're not on the bubble, but 
if you're trying to ascend from, you know, to like middling playoff team to top tier title contender, like this is a big stack game and you are off to a great start. So that'll be good. He's a bad man, Kyle. Get him. It makes me sad when you say that he's going to fall behind me and have a better pick than me, whoever it is next year. That's that sucks. But, uh, you know, there's nothing really I can do about it. Um, all right. Well, uh, did we have one more? Did did you already talk about this uh, yeah. hell of a matchup here, Ethan? Yes. One. Okay. He he literally just did it. Okay, so we're ready to go. We're we're keep on rolling here. Super Gallinario Brothers, forty-seven, sixty-one and two versus I Love Dirk, uh, thirty-eight, seventy-one and one. Sorry, I I got a little distracted there. I was looking up whether um. Nicholas Claxton is Speedy Claxton, an old point guard for the Spurs back in the early 2000s, son. He is not. Dang it. Surprisingly. But his dad did play basketball for the Celtics in the mid-90s. He played in three games. Charles Claxton. Um, just throwing that in, a little information out there. Uh, but all right. Let's get into this matchup. We got Super Gal and all your brothers versus I Live Dirk. Max, go ahead. I used to uh, draft Speedy Claxton as my backup point guard in really early 2K or was it 2K or NBA Live, whatever, whatever it was, um, because he they used the name Speedy Claxton. And I was like, that's badass. I'm in. Yep. Um, Victor's going to lose to Andrew this week. He's not right now, um, but he's buoyed by the fact that Colin Sexton is playing out of his mind. 39 points uh, on March 1st. 32 points this game that's that's not something i think that'll continue i think andrew pending trades pending you know him selling off his his entire team uh has enough to beat victor this week especially if he's paying more attention i don't know if that's something he's interested in doing it andrew's not one to tank but he's also not he's not sitting here thinking he's going to chase a playoff spot ultimately i think he's looking to break some hearts and i think he's going to do it to victor this week six to five um i think he can beat him in, in counting stats and percentage stats just depending on whether or not his team can catch up he hasn't had any huge breakout performances from players so far uh you know shake milton has performed admirably for him over the past couple of games but i i think he expects a little bit more out of uh, capella assuming that he gets over any um, injury issues. He didn't play tonight, but it's again a long matchup and gets more out of Gordon Hayward, gets a little bit more out of Randall. Uh, yeah, 6 5 Andrew over Victor. Ethan, what do you think? Um, Andrew, you're my boy. I think I got to pick Victor this week, though. Um, Victor, I, I actually really like Victor's team. I I don't think either he nor I are going to make the playoffs, but I'm threatened by his team. Like I'm trying to get back onto the right side of the bubble. And I'm threatened that he and I are going to flip flop soon the way that our teams are trending. I mean, if Sexton's going to play like this, we definitely are because yeah, he's got 71 points already this week, but Gallinari, Dylan Gallinari, I I've been watching more and more Hawks. If I've just got like downtime to myself or, um, or Alexis is watching one of her shows that I don't care for in the other room. Like the Hawks are a really fun lead pass team and Gallinari has been torrid right now. So I am a little worried that the break will just sort of like cool him off. Um, you know, regardless of, you know, he's not playing in the all-star game or anything, but I'm worried the, the break might cool him off a little bit, but 
honestly, the depth of Victor's team is is really starting to peak right now, um, in my opinion. And you know, Andrew, I I think Andrew is is much like we were saying about um, Luke earlier. Like Andrew has been setting up for his keepers, but is doing like a really good job hustling and making moves, and even making some of these small trades like. Um, trading a move for a player at a different position, like every little nook and cranny he's looking through to hustle. So I know it won't be easy, but um, every couple of days he texts something about Davis Bertans not being good. And, and I just want to give him my shoulder to cry on because he's Davis Bertans getting $16 million a year to stand in the corner and do nothing all year. So with players like that, unless he has somebody like that, have just like a standout game, it's going to be tough. And Capella does have three games and four nights to finish the matchup after the All-Star break, but losing him for, for this game tonight is a um, is a real tough loss because he had a huge game on Monday and he really it is like a cat is a two-category winner for Andrew in terms of rebounds and blocks. So yeah, I mean Andrew is uh, you know, we competed with the least talented team in the league back and forth with Kevin Fortney. I mean, we're, we're down there in talent. We are struggling um, without Capella. His team may look worse than mine um, on paper, uh, especially now when he just sacrificed and mortgaged a lot of his players for Randall. Um, so I don't see him beating Victor. On the other hand, what would Victor's team look like? I, I look at Sexton. I look the way he's playing now. Uh, paired with Embiid, I mean, the bones on this team would be great going into next year. I still hate that trade for for Heald and uh, Boucher. Um, so, well, I, I mean, he'll have his first round pick available with Dame out there, with Kawhi sure. out there, with a bunch of guys out there, and he'll have Chris Boucher in the 11th round, which Chris Boucher tonight went a cool 18 and eight. 45% from the field. Sure. No, I, I'm just I'm just saying uh, I, I think that the Embiid-Sexton combo would be good, especially because I think Sexton's like nine. Sexton's his best player by far um, at that spot, and he's, he's playing great. And I think Victor's team um, is going to take this one. I think he gets one more category here, makes it eight to three. And uh, and roll. So yeah, maybe you should be worried, Ethan, about him creeping up on you. Um, right. Next, Godzilla is going to get busy, sixty-five, forty-four, and one versus uh, his arch nemesis, Luke. My balls, fifty-three, fifty-five, and two. Ethan, tell me about this. Well, um, Matt will check his team one more time and do a start active players thing and move guys to the injury list, but he's not going to move anyone before then. So. Um, it's just going to be like it is for him every week. He's got a ton of top end talent and can that do enough for him on autopilot to win six, five, or at least lose five, six. Um, Max has obviously one of the most talented teams in the league. He's in that top four with uh, Chase Paul and Brennan and shit. Trevor is certainly um, making his case for that. And even Kyle, the playoff, the, the playoff teams, ahead of the pub bubble are really staking their claim. Max is one of those. And so I obviously like him to in the longer matchup, um, you know, for that to rise to the top and for um, 
Max to not get got by star power on autopilot. But, um, but I do think it will be, um, I do think it will be a close matchup because again, Luca's got a lot of, I mean, Luca Doncic is going to the all-star game. He's got a lot of star power that are not going to the all-star game. So to Huck's point, if we come back from the all-star break, a point he made earlier, um, and Siakam is back healthy and Lowry Markinen, who I have to remind myself, but um, I didn't think was going to be out for that long. They come back healthy. Um, you know, Montrez won't have played. He'll be rested. Um, you know, Joe Ingles, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, obviously not all like showstoppers, but, but dudes that uh, Luke and my balls needs to have great weeks to win on autopilot. So it sets up for that faint chance. And I tried to draw it out to give us something to talk about, but no, I mean, Max is a top team and with the extra large sample size, he will probably win seven, four or more severe. And I could really use that as well. So I'm keeping my biased fingers crossed. Well, he started slow in the percentages categories, which doesn't really help. Uh, You know, he's behind in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and three-point percentage. Obviously, Luka is not going to sustain the 543 field goal percentage he is now, but uh, he could hold on to that free throw percentage and three-point percentage. Uh, That's the majority of what I'm going to give him. I think Max surpassed him in pretty much every other category, and so he'll probably drop this one eight to three by taking turnovers as well, just for lack of uh, engagement here. Um, but yeah, not much to talk about. Another uh, one of Max's facing a team that's not trying, and uh, this will boost him up maybe in the top into the top three. So uh, Max, defend your your honor here. No shot. No shot. It's tax season. Mm. My team's going to dominate this week. Um, I, worth noting. So, yeah, I've, I've had a pretty easy schedule the last couple of weeks. I want to say coming up, I've got like Chase, Trevor, Paul, Hong Kong heroes again. Um, somebody else. I don't know. I, 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 th- I think I face Ethan once and then the rest of my matchups are against the top six teams for the rest of the season. Um, so that, that's going to be a blast. Um, but no, no chance. Luke and my balls beats me this week. Uh, I just want to highlight some of the players that Paul and I traded back and forth in that big trade. We discussed uh, I think last week SGA, you know, put up a crazy game last week, broke his own personal record for points. And now uh, the better Bogdanovich, this week, he's already made 11 three-pointers. And he's shooting 52% from three, 49 points, 12 rebounds. Um, he's been huge. And on the other side of the deal, uh, I just noticed Paul's guy, Mason Plumley, triple-double tonight. 14 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. So oh, wow. Everyone, man. everyone is like doing Mason better Plum. on their new teams. So do I. Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't predicting triple-double. Me neither, but put him on the Pistons. Take him away from, uh, I think he was on Portland. Take him away from Portland, put him on the Pistons. For Denver, Denver, take him away from wherever he was. And, uh, and yeah, put him on the Pistons. He's going to put up a triple-double. So, right now I'm losing in rebounds and assists. Assists barely, but rebounds, it's just, Bam Adebayo hasn't played. Uh, LeBron is taking his first game off tonight. Um and I, I got to imagine that's just a all-star weekend coming up thing. Um, he hasn't been taking games off at all. 
Uh, and, you know, I'm just, I'm not getting a whole lot of big man minutes right now. Enos is playing right now. I expect some rebounds to come out of that, but I'm going to make all five of my moves. Um, and God, look at how many, I just, I lead the league in players on my roster right now. Just look at the size of my roster. I could field two teams. With this this man has a big roster. It's folks. huge. It's big roster, guys. Roster. You know, I'm stashing guys like Jeff Green, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin. I've got all kinds of players over here. So got a nice little council of players, players that are going to hurt Hurwitz this week, unbeknownst to him. Um, but yeah, no, I expect my team to pull out the win. Maybe not eight to three. That would be great. I'm thinking more of like a seven to four. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time catching them and free throw percentage just because sample size, same thing with three pointers, same thing with field goals, but you know, we'll see, we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm going to win. That's all there is to it. That's good. Good, good, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you on that end, but we're going to, we're going to move on to more important matchups here. Hong Kong heroes, 68, 40 and two for Shalom y'all 51, 57 and two. All right. Um, Oh, by the way, a little side note. Um, I was looking at that Pistons game, and uh, Dwight Smith Jr. also with the triple nice. double, two triple doubles for the Pistons tonight. Uh, quite the the task for them. That's uh, Jeremy Grant not being in probably helps that. His um, name is Dennis Smith. Yeah, his name is Dennis Smith Jr. Dwight Smith Jr. is the baseball player. Dang! Yeah, All right, yeah. I'm on a roll tonight. I'm on a roll tonight. Killing. Um, so. Uh, actually, did did TJ TJ dropped a trip up? Uh, for you, didn't he? Yeah, he was one rebound shy. Oh no, I'm looking at Matt. No, he was six no, six rebounds shy. Rebounds shy. Yeah. But dang, ten steals. That yep. uh, that will um crush the heart of uh Hong Kong heroes there on the other side, and the fact that he made every single shot he took. Uh, which was yep. eight of them. Um, that 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 definitely helps. That um, put some lead in your pencil. Yeah, that, <laughs> that definitely helps. Uh, but it doesn't distract from the fact that you are still losing this matchup. Uh, it does help the steals, helps the field goal percentage. Um, everything else is still kind of lacking. Um, I, you know, it when you got. Embiid giving you 40 and 19, and you've got triple doubles out of uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and TJ McConnell, uh, and you're still down 4-7, and it's Wednesday. Oh, I was down 10-1. All those performances, Norm Powell scored 36 points this evening. Wow. Michael Williams, who I added this morning, 26 rebounds and 6 assists. Like, that got me back to... Seven four. I mean, Brennan's got a great team. Like for Christ's sake, I'm shooting thirty nine percent from three. His team shooting almost forty four percent from three. Like fuck, that's really good. And his is better. Right. I am. Uh, like I'm. We're both shooting over fifty percent from the field so far this week. And like one of us is. I'm winning that category right now. He could take it back with the West Coast games tonight. But we're so. I mean, it, there's a lot of matchup left. I lost last week to Paul, another elite team, six to five. So right. I obviously am not a top tier team. I'm probably not making playoffs, but I have enough now confidence to, if I get the eight seed, I can compete. I, it's not unrealistic that I could get any team, other team in the league, six, five, any week. Yeah. That's all I need. I'll never I, probably beat anybody with more than six categories again this season. 
I mean, it just it just proves my point in that the the bottom tier part of the league. I mean, that's just basketball. The bottom tier part of our uh, fantasy league can't compete with the top on a week to week basis. They can't. It's just not happening. As long as the other team, the 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 uh, top team is healthy, the bottom team is going to struggle every single time. And you're throwing these curveballs with T.J. McConnell and Norm Powell and Dennis Smith Jr. and all these different players. It's just good. It's great managing with just not a lot of talent. I just don't think you can win this one. I'm going to take 8-3. Hong Kong Heroes takes it. Um, yeah, unfortunately, because it is good showing. But, uh, Max, what do you think of this matchup? Ethan's going to win this one 6-5. Oh, and let me tell you how. Okay. So the only reason he's losing right now is Jokic. Like if, if, if you look at it top to bottom, only reason he's losing is Jokic. Jokic is 76 points, 24 rebounds, 20 assists. Absolutely insane. He gets three more Jokic games, two more Kyrie games. That's big. That's a big thing. Cause then you look at the rest of the, of his players, the guys that have three or four games left, they're a lot less scary. Meanwhile, Ethan might still get another two or three games from Fred Van Vliet. And even if he doesn't, the guy that's eating up minutes in Van Vliet's absence, Norm, Norman Powell tonight, put up five three-pointers, 36 points, five rebounds for Ethan's team. So yeah, he's getting triple-double from Dennis Smith Jr., crazy triple-double from TJ McConnell, Lonzo Ball is putting up points, um... Norm should get a, if even if Fred Van Vliet doesn't come back, the Raptors I think still have four or five more games left in this matchup. You know, pair that with Embiid, who I think also has three or four games left. Um, Paul George probably has. I won't let me get off this damn screen. Paul George has three games left in the matchup. Uh, you know, it, and the sheer fact that Ethan is willing to drop. I don't know three or four players on his roster at any given time, just based on schedule to try to win this matchup. Uh, I, he's got a little bit more roster flexibility because Brennan's just got a better team. I think Ethan takes it. I, given the performances he's gotten so far, especially because Steels is locked up, you know, he's still competing in blocks. He's leading handsomely in rebounds, despite the fact that he's facing Jokic. If free throws turn around a little bit uh you know maybe his team starts sinking some more three pointers he gets some more help from norm um mm. i think ethan can take this six to five i don't think he's going to dominate it by any means and by any uh shake of the imagination but i think he's going to win it six to five it's going to be a huge upset that's not to say brandon's team isn't good but i think i think he's got what it takes to pull it off this week okay well, okay, all right, that's fine, Ethan. You want to finish off? Um, sure. So I, God, I mean, I'll pick myself because I got to believe in myself. Brendan has a very, very good team, um, but I do feel like the four categories. I'm down seven four as of when we're recording this. I feel like the four categories I'm winning in are at three of them. I can definitely hold on to. So I just got to find three other categories. I've already got one of them um, in field goal percentage where we can flip flop um, points. It's not unrealistic just in terms of total number of games um, blocks. I'm down one. Um, so, I mean, I think there's ways where I, there's avenues for me to win, but it's certainly an uphill battle. Brennan's been number one in the league in Roto for like eight or nine straight weeks for, you know, basically since, Luke and my ball stop trying. Um, Give me a minute. 
And give that's, me a minute. He's just, he's just yeah, I, they're all hidden tabs in there. You got to go. Um, I try not to clutter too much at the bottom. Oh, no, no. Uh, I'm saying give me a minute. I'm about to take it over. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Too many tabs. Too many tabs. <laughs> I apologize. Too many tabs. I knew that, that was going to come up in this damn podcast. Too many tabs. Um, but I, so I'll pick myself because I really fucking need it. I came close against Paul last week, which has renewed my confidence in my team. I do feel like somewhat of a kiss of death, though. I traded for Anthony Davis. He played one game, and then he went out and hasn't played since. Traded him for Fred Van Fleet. Um, he played one, maybe two games, then went into the COVID protocol till after the All-Star break. So um, I, don't, I don't know if the league is anti-Semitic. Every commissioner ever, I'm pretty sure, has been Jewish, so that makes no sense. But so I'm cursed in some way, shape, or form, and being a Jew is my number one source. You're of playing murder. the Jew card. Yeah, I'm going to the Jew card. Play the Jew card. Yes. Oh gosh, um, you know no what? No one is less lucky than me. Listen, Ethan, who needs Fred Van Fleet when you got T.J. McConnell, right, and Dennis Smith Jr. and Michael Carter Williams? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's keep going. Last matchup. Thanks for sticking with us this long. Uh, who, who are these teams? White men can't jump 55, 50, and 5 versus Doink the Clown, 35, 74, and 1. Max, tell me about this matchup. God, Neil's getting doinked right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I want to say it's going to be Neil, right? Like, it, it's, it, yeah. it, it has to be Neil. Neil's got to win this matchup, right? Question mark? Um, he's got a better team, but I, you know, Huck's getting points out of Carmelo, John Morant, finally starting to put up numbers that you recognize and DeJuante Murray, DeJuante Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been fantastic over the last four games. So see how I, how I don't roast you when you say somebody's name wrong. See uh, how polite that is. His Keep... name is complicated. Okay. Yeah. It's a well. D E J. Oh, you, if you, if we were in France, I wouldn't even try it. Um, anyway, so you're getting good points out of them, getting good points out of LaMelo ball. And something I think will be interesting. First of all, drop Danny green. He sucks. He is not good at basketball anymore. There's no one else, (laughs) but, um, I'm interested to see the expanded role that Contavious Caldwell Pope takes tonight, specifically with LeBron off the floor. Um, Lakers don't have a lot of, you know, big name players. They don't have Anthony Davis. They don't have LeBron on the floor. They've they're relying on what uh, him and Dennis Schroeder and Talon Horton Tucker, which all of those seem like last names to me. So I don't know. So, so does Contavious Caldwell Pope, I guess this is all to say, who knows who's going to score for the Lakers? Contavious Caldwell Pope could be a huge value for you um, this week and then next week if LeBron continues to get rested. So I don't know. I, this is a toss-up. I'm I'm going to say Neil six five out of logic, but right now it looks like he you could be a real threat to knock him out this week. I mean, you're dominating him three pointers and three point percentage. Uh, steals and blocks is still a toss up I, I guess he's beating you in rebounds and assists i don't know it's i i want to say too close to call we could see a five five tie but my guess is going to be neil six five go ahead ethan lay it on me i also am thinking neil i huck seems off to a great start and, and huck is doing 
the best with what he can. And, and I actually, I like that KCP point because I feel like the only like explosive perimeter players who can create for themselves and for others have been LeBron and Schroeder. So now it's like sink or swim for KCP. He's somebody who's got volume scoring potential in him, um, at least spurtability. And so, yeah, that's like a really savvy move. But I just looking at um, games played through the rest of the matchup, I I think the law of averages is going to bear itself out for um, for Neil. Kemba's got three more uh, games left in the matchup. None of them are back-to-backs. He should play in all three of those. Um, ben Simmons has three more games left in this matchup. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has three more games left in this matchup. Um, the one concern is Harden only has two, um, but he already put up a 29-point triple-double this evening, so it's not like he's not pulling his weight. Um, meanwhile, when you look um, – at some of Huck's best players. And now my computer is scrolling. It's hard to find. Slowly. <laughs> he's uh, got LaMelo. Yeah. Yes. He's got four more from John Morant, um, but he's only got two more from LaMelo. Um, and so, and then well, I think it was Jeremy Grant also um, has three more, but he very likely won't play tomorrow. So might only be two more in this matchup. So, um, those are all guys that you, you know, in your ideal week, um, leading to a win, you would expect to, um, carry you. Jeremy Grant was the big return in that Trey young deal. And, um, I know you're a defender of his and it's not, and I mean, he's a very good fantasy player this year in his role with Detroit, but, um, having less volume with those players than Neil has with some of his best players, Harden aside, um, I think just makes me think the law of averages is going to be tough to overcome. So, um, I white men can't jump. It works for Nikola Jokic. It's going to keep working for Neil. Yeah, I, I'm gonna uh, tell you guys the secret to my success. Um, Neil didn't oh, play gosh. any. Let's write it down. Write it down, everybody. <laughs> Here it comes. Neil didn't play his players on Monday. So, uh, and then he texted me. I'm very lucky that I did, he didn't play his players on Monday. That's how you do it, folks. Just <laughs> hope the other team doesn't put their players in. Uh, no, Neil's going to crush my ass. Look at how pathetic my team is. I mean, come on. Uh, Danny Green shot 167, uh, three points, four boards. Uh, C.D. Osman uh, obviously didn't get his own Subway sandwich because two points, four boards, two assists. <laughs> he shot 125. No matter who I put on my team, they're going to miss shots. That's like my thing is – these guys just love to miss shots. Uh, and, you know, there's just not a lot of talent there. Christian Wood, um, you know, with him not playing, I have really tough time. And Cousins, obviously. I don't know what to do with Cousins. You know, if I let him go, he's obviously going to sign with, you know, the best team and be, you know, the, the starting center for that team and and double-double every night. So I, I don't know what to do. I'm really just trying to, you know, stay afloat here. Um but yeah, you know, without Christian Wood, without Cousins, my only big man is Nerlens Noel, and I know he's filling in for Robinson right now, but he still will never score more than 10 points, um, even out of that starting spot. So uh, yeah, 
Neil's going to crush me. He's got enough time to do it. He'll come back and take most of these categories. Maybe I'll get a couple percentages, but I think in the end here, uh, I'll probably get two categories and it will be like an eight to two, nine to two uh, beatdown. So yeah, we won't spend too much time on that. Um, but yeah, is there anything you guys want to say before we go for today? Um, a little nugget to end on back to somebody we were talking about earlier, but I wasn't able to work it into the conversation. Julius Randall, he's now John Calipari's seventh NBA all-star from Kentucky. <laughs> no big deal. But um, also as significant, his sixth round keeper value, he's the latest keeper um, value of any NBA all-star this year, including injury replacements tied with Domas Sabonis, who's also around six. So Julius Randle and Sabonis, all-stars as round six keepers. In that, in that context, they are probably, you know, that doesn't make them better keepers than Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry in the first is still Steph Curry, but makes them pretty damn valuable. I don't really have a follow-up to that, but. Well, I mean, it just proves, and that's how it should be. I think in the we're we're in our what second year. You're in yeah. your second year. These people who are all stars should be drafted in the top six rounds. You're not going to find unless people just come out of nowhere. You're not going to find these all star players uh, being drafted. I mean, even rookies, you know. So uh, to find these people that come out of nowhere in double digits rounds or you know ninth round, it's going to be tough. Um, I'm sure we'll see it going forward. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, sixth round for an all-star is pretty dang good. Max, do you have anything to say before we go? Oh, I've got a couple of things to say. First of all, uh, Kyle, Andrew, let's trade. I don't have any specifics, but we all want to do it. You know, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's at least talk trade. We're not working during the day. Clearly like we're just, we're putting it all off to talk trade. Um, just so trade. let's do that. Yeah. Let's yeah. just trade. Uh, second of all, Matt Stafford, you're a bad man. You're going to fail with the Rams and also has that ass feel. All right. Well, that was pretty productive. Um, I will say before we go, Jaron Jackson's still available. I know you guys forgot who he is. He is a basketball player. He does play for the Grizzlies. He's a keeper in the third round. I assume he is productive. I haven't seen him play in a really long time. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen him play on my team after I traded for him last year. Uh, he's been injured. He made that trade like 10 days before the season shut down. Yeah, yeah. Because you and... beat Jalen Brown, who I wasn't going to keep over Clay, and then Clay blew out his knee again like three days before our draft this year, and so I kept Jalen Brown. Um, yeah. In his first two years of his career, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. averaged 15.5 points and 4.5 rebounds a game but he also has an effective field goal of 56% and he shoots 38% from three shoots more threes per game than Giannis. Yeah. So, I mean, he, I mean, he, he'll be a valuable player somewhere down the road. Uh, mm-hmm. But, and if so, if somebody's looking for a fifth keeper or somebody pretty valuable in the third round, uh, you can get him. Um, but yeah, I'm not asking for much. In fact, I'm just asking for, uh, supplemental players throughout the year because he probably won't be one of my keepers. I have my five that are set. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have for you guys this week. Um, I appreciate appreciate you guys listening to this one. It's it's a large one, um, but I'll let you guys get back to your work day. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Take my troubles to the high wall Throw them in the river and get
Yeah.